All right, everybody. This is the 11th episode of the Performance for Life podcast. And I'm super excited. I'm here with Chris, Pat, and our guest today is my brother and fellow coach, Nico Becker. I'm super excited to have Nico on. I was just telling him before we got on here that I have a big list of people that I want on this podcast. And he is for sure was my number one pick. I love this guy. He's a true brother and a great coach and really like a mentor to me. So really excited to have him here. Nico is a holistic health coach. He's also a yoga teacher. He studied very in-depth with the Czech Institute and is a Czech holistic lifestyle coach level three and also Czech integrative movement science level three as well. Nico's mission is to bring together the best of holistic health, psychotherapy, and the Eastern teachings of awakening into one integrated system for human development, health, and happiness. His message is super powerful and his approach to health and life is one that I've learned a lot from. So Nico, man, dude, so excited to have you here, bro. Jake, Pat, Chris, amazing to be here with you guys. Thank yes. you for inviting us. Of course, man. And Nico's in Germany right now too. So it's actually pretty cool. Nico's in Germany, Pat's in California, and then Chris and I are, are local here in New Hampshire. So we're spread. We're spread we're out. We're doing it, baby. We're, we're doing doing around it. the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So cool, man. So Nico, I just kind of want to start and give the listeners an idea of who you are, what you do, how you started as a coach, because his journey has been pretty incredible of where he started and where he's at now. So tell us a little bit more about that, man. Yeah, I do, man. Thank you for the question. And it's always such a fun question to ask even oneself, because where do you start? You know, when did the journey begin? Like when were the first uh, seeds planted? I think really, you know, in school, never fit in. So I started fighting combat sports, MMA and boxing, probably with 15, 16, a little bit more intensively, got into kickboxing. And with about 17, I decided to become professional, tried to become professional. So I had a buddy in, in Switzerland that was a professional fighter at his own gym and he wanted to sponsor me and, and get me down there. So right off the school, I decided, okay, I'll go down to Switzerland from Germany. I don't study. I don't go the normal route that most people in Germany at least do or tell you to do. And really went on my real heroes journey that didn't have a lot of money, just ate rice and beans and trained all fucking day as a fighter. Lived in a old basement from some old lady that someone knew from someone in the gym. So I don't know even how I got there. Some old basement and really just lived that way for, I don't know, two years or something. And what started to happen in my, in my fighting is I just got so many injuries, so many injuries so many troubles with pain and in general recovery. And back then I didn't really know a lot about diet. I didn't know about regeneration. I was working as a bouncer all night long on the weekends and then trying to train six, seven days a week, four to six hours a day, tight sports with a lot of mini injuries, I would call them, you know, like cuts or blue eyes and sore spots and never really recovered. So what then ended up in is that I got quite a few big injuries. And one of those injuries was knee injury. So I tore my meniscus and it was stuck. So my knee was stuck. My, my leg was stuck. I couldn't move it anymore. And I waited three days to go to a doctor because I thought, okay, maybe it just goes by itself. But in the end, it didn't. So it was stuck. I couldn't move my leg anymore. And I had needed to get surgery. So they cut out the meniscus, told me I can get back into training a week after the surgery. So typical problems with the medical system, you know, not really talking about regeneration as well or rehab or anything. So I got another MMA fight 
combat zombo actually one and a half weeks after surgery and i couldn't even in the warm-up i couldn't even walk so i was warming up for the fight and i couldn't even walk but i still wanted to fight you know this typical warrior archetype of fire so in the fight was everything okay but after the fight my knee was screwed again so a week after that i decided okay there's a grappling tournament wrestling grappling oh wait why not do that as well you know so i had four fights on that day a week after that and after that my knee was just completely gone i couldn't even touch the floor anymore couldn't do anything needed to get surgery again to make it short and in the end i was out for one year so that's why i'm, I'm saying all that you know my my whole identity my whole dream everything i've done years before you know not going to school you know going away from germany everything was built on this dream to fight and then i was there with with a knee that wasn't functioning i couldn't even walk a mile and it didn't heal and no doctor could help me everybody just told me you need knee replacement surgery so i ended up in depression really deep depression more or less just laying around on the sofa and watching youtube with my girlfriend going to work you know and i was just useless i couldn't even work as a bouncer anymore you couldn't do even, even any normal job. So I was just screwed. I felt screwed. But within that year in that depression, I realized what a gift that was. Because what I found was I was watching some Elliot Hall's videos before, you know, strength training. He every now and then talked about Paul Check, this guy, and about gluten intolerance and some stuff. But I wasn't that interested before, you know, like some stuff, but not really. I was more interested in Elliot's, you know, fire, lift weights, whatever, but not about the the health stuff or the psyche. But in that year, since I was injured, couldn't do anything, I figured, okay, shit, I want to get back into fighting. I need to find a way, even if all the doctors, all the specialists, everybody tells me it can't get better, you need knee replacement. I want to get back into fighting. So I started diving big time into Paul, Paul Cech's work, really just after watching the first videos, I kind of felt in my heart and my soul, this is it, like, this is the path and I just have to do it. So. The interesting thing is what happened is after I changed my diet, after I changed a lot of stuff that Paul Check talks about, my knee got better, my pain got less. And within about eight, eight to nine months, I could do strength training again. I could lift weights again. I could do deadlifts with 300 pounds, 320 pounds, even though my knee was said to be dead, injured. I was able to fight again every now and then to train, you know, get back into training. So I just saw the power of these teachings and what holistic health really got me, you know, all the ideas about sleep, regeneration, rehab, correct movement patterns, actually training specifically for your sport. You know, when I was a fighter, what, do, what, was, I, what was I doing? I was doing Olympic weightlifting as a fighter, you know, it's really not specific training. I mean, it, it certainly has a spot somewhere, but, you know, it's not what you should do as a fighter only. Almost dangerous. Um, like yeah, dangerous. it's dangerous and it's kind of a waste of time for technique. It takes a lot of time to learn these movements, you know, snatch and, and clean jerk and stuff. And you actually want to fight. You want to be able to hit someone, not lift as much weight as possible over your head. So just all these different things come, came flowing in that had to do with holistic health, really, and corrective exercise. And I started to do the apprenticeship and many courses with Paul and at the same time started a yoga teacher apprenticeship. And from then, it just started rolling. What really started to happen is through that gift of my injury and through, through seeing that it's possible to heal something where the whole medical system, you know, all kinds of specialists in Germany told me it's not possible to heal that. It's not possible to rebuild cartilage. It's not possible to heal that knee. And then boom, you see, you do simple things and boom, it's healed. You know, boom, it's back to normal. And that's now 
So Nines renounced, uh, I think, five and a half years ago. And they told me you need a new knee, knee joint and will never ever hold longer than one, one, two years. Here I am and I can do pistols, squats, sprints, whatever, whatever the fuck I want. There's no problem anymore. And they just really busted open my passion for holistic health and giving other people the chance to do that. And I lost my passion for fighting actually in that time. Uh, not really losing my passion, but just it wasn't interesting anymore. I just wanted to help people overcome these kinds of challenges. So that's really the, I tried to keep it short, the, the main, main frame of where the journey started and why. Yeah, bro, yeah. Bro, that's, that is so awesome. Honestly, everything that you were saying, I literally was thinking in my head, like, is this like my doppelganger? Because literally like everything that you were saying as far as like the identity shift of, you know, training to be a fighter and, you know, you put all that effort into becoming a fighter, to being the best fighter, to be a professional fighter and to have that injury, you know, obviously set you back and going through that process of depression and, you know, trying to figure out ways, maybe how to get back to it. Maybe not even having the belief that you could have gotten back to it, but you know, you were still searching for it through Elliot Hulse's videos. You know, that was me back in 2013. You know, I played football, offensive lineman, and my whole dream was to play division one football. So, you know, everything that I had done up until my sophomore year of college was to get me in a position to play Division one football. And my sophomore year, I had an MCL injury in practice, ended my career, went through depression. At that point, I was an offensive lineman. I was like 275 pounds, went up to like 315. So super overweight, you know, no movement, didn't really care about my nutrition because my identity was just broken. As like, who am I without football? And through that process, I realized, you know what? I still have a passion and a drive for it. I know I just need to commit myself to that process. And so my mission from 2013 in August was to play division one football and get back into shape. And it was never really trying to lose weight, but it was more so to play division one football. And so that vision kind of carried me over. And really, I lost about 100 pounds over the course of that year. And even though I didn't really play football again at that point, because I re-aggravated the knee, it was like, I realized what going through that weight loss transformation did for me. And then just kind of knowing how it helped me mentally and get me out of that depression led me to like wanting to help people. So it's so crazy to actually just hear that story, man. And I want to commend you obviously for just going through that work and that process to just kind of, obviously now you're helping people and stuff too, but inspiring story, man, really. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Isn't it cool? Like I was thinking as you were talking, Pat, like that these types of things happened to you both when you were young. And even I have a similar situation. Mine was just more based around weightlifting where I just like was coming from a place of lack for so long that I just wanted weightlifting was like my way to boost my ego and, and my identity. And when I lost that, when I had all these little, it was all little nagging back, knee, shoulder, all these different nagging injuries. When I had to give it up for a while, it was like, who the hell am I? without strength training, like, holy shit. Like I was so identified with this one thing. And now it's like, who am I now that I've lost this? Like, oh shit, I don't even know who I am because I've been so tied up in this, this thing. And I, I think that like, it's super beautiful that we've had that experience at a younger age as young men, because it's like, you know, I don't know if people have that experience until later in life. And by that point, later in life, they may already be programmed and now they're going to go through a crazy serious depression or or something like that. Yeah. One thing that kind of stuck out to me, Nico, which is great, is identity. 
right? How we identify ourselves as we evolve in this life, right? We put labels on ourselves. Other people put labels on us. Society puts labels on us, right? And it's our job as humans to figure out who we are internally. And maybe it wasn't to play in the NFL or it wasn't to become like this huge MMA fighter. And I think as a coach, and this question is for you, Nico, as a coach, you know, people come in with these identities, with these labels, with these that they've been given. And also, they're also looking to be labeled as, right? You know, people think I'm this and I want you to make me this. And, you know, as coaches, we kind of sit there and we're like, yeah, okay. But I guess the question becomes, and as a spiritual leader, as you are, Nico, how do you get people to awaken, right? To become conscious of who they are internally, right? To look inside of themselves and come to those conclusions that you were able to come to, right? That Pat, that Jake have been able to come to. How do we as coaches map that route out? How do you do it? Oh, thanks for asking that, man. Such a beautiful, deep question. And I think it cuts right to the root of health in general. And mm-hmm. not just, you know, physical health or injury, but really health seen from the perspective what my perspective is, is health is happiness. You know, if you're not happy, you can't be healthy. And you can be injured, for example. You can even have some illness, even chronic illness, whatever. In my, my view, you can even be healthy. Because if you're happy and you're doing everything, then you're healthy, you know, even if you're on a journey. And that's what I'm trying to convey even to clients is, you know, we try to build, as you said beautifully, we try to build this, this static, strict framework of who we are, you know, it's, it's like made into stone, you know, it's fixed. Like this is who you are uh, with all these attributes and this is your job or this is your passions, this is your hobbies, this is your interests. And whenever we change, our environment reflects back problems to us and brings back, you know, this, oh no, you can't change. And I think the most important thing really there is to, to stop looking for a fixed identity. We always, we grow up in a society where we think we need to search for ourselves and then one day we'll find it and then that's it. We finally found ourselves and we're finished with, with the whole journey of living. We just stay that way. That's, that's not it. And from my perspective, and I think you guys can relate, it's when I was a fighter, I was a fighter and that was my identity and that's beautiful. And I was happy that way and I was healthy that way in many ways. But there came a time where the injuries and, and my soul, I would say, and the universe really put me into another direction. And it was me I was the person who was fighting against it because I was trying to stick to that identity of being a fighter. And that's what brought me into a depression. It wasn't the injury. It wasn't being a fighter before and that that was wrong for me. It was just, I was stuck in this strict picture of who I am. I am a fighter and I need to stay that forever or at least until I reach my goal. But hey, maybe the universe got, got other plans. So I think the real basis of that is for people to understand it's actually a, a beautiful visualization I do with most of them is just try to imagine who you were five years ago, 10 years ago. There's not a single cell in your body that's the same. There's not a single thought in your mind that's probably the same. There's not a single thing about you, what you call you, that's actually still you. So there's nothing solid about Nico, nothing. And everything is just constantly changing and constantly in flow. And to try to stick to this idea of a, of a fixed strict self, solid self, just creates pain because change is the probably the only reality of the universe we have. It's constant change. And if we can't adapt to change, also as humanity, on a collective basis, 
we will die. And as an individual, you even notice it much, much faster. So I think getting back, you know, be like, water, my friend? Uh, like Bruce Lee likes to say, it's probably the, the wisest statement when it comes to how to, how to find our purpose is stay fluid. Like stay fluid and swim with it. Never get stuck in any idea. And that's even what I noticed in the last few years when then I thought, oh, wow, finally I'm a holistic health coach. I found my passion. Oh, wow, one year in working with mostly with fighters and as a personal trainer with injuries and rehab, maybe year one and a half in, I noticed again, shit, I feel kind of stuck. This is not it yet. And I always again and again and again ran into these walls where I thought finally I got it and then I lost it again. And I think for me, the main lesson is you'll never have it because there's nothing to have. It is a, a constant flow and will forever be a constant flow. And what you should learn is not to build a house next to the river, but how to swim, you know, not to, how to stay solid in one place, but how to be a nomad, how to live in, in the water and swim with it and go with the weather and hunt on the way and fish, you know, and find fruits and, and to really live. That's what made us humans, really. Yeah, I mean, the way I look at it is becoming a part of the universe, becoming one with the universe. And when I realized that I was one with the universe and I wasn't this unique entity that kind of ruled all, right? I realized that I was nothing, that I was absolutely nothing. And coming to that realization allowed me to settle down, allowed me to come to come to peace and allowed me to see myself and others, which enhances my coaching, right? So if I'm coaching a younger athlete, I can see my younger self in that younger athlete and I can help coach them through that phase of their lives, which is beautiful. Yeah, let me let me jump in there, sure, because it's so cool what you said, man. Thank you for sharing that. Because it just reminds me, you're nothing, but that gives you the ability to be everything. Yeah. There's nothing there. <laughs> and and that's that's really the powerful thing, you know. I mean, I'm just thinking of Jake. Jake is a father when he's with his little baby, you know, with Evelyn, and he's loving and sweet. And then he's with me and trains like a motherfucker, you know, like a crazy man. <laughs> and he's this wild man whatever and then he's with Ashley making a love and he's that lover and he's all these different archetypes and, and I think the, our ability to shift our so-called identity in that moment from moment to moment to moment to moment to whatever is the best thing in that moment that's the highest ability and quality we can have is this flexibility of identity and not being yeah. stuck in anything to be loving yeah. if it's needed to be compassionate if it's needed but also to be angry when it's needed or strong when it's needed this really strikes me, I, the whole identity shift and really flowing like water. You know, I really kind of find, you know, because I train people in person and I'm actually a strength and conditioning coach for uh, a charter school. So we work with high school, middle school, and even some elementary school kids. So a very broad spectrum of just population, kids to my oldest clients, like in her 60s. And, you know, I always find myself how I communicate and my mannerisms and the energy I bring, you know, it's always adapting. And I've always kind of told myself, I'm kind of like a chameleon. Like I, I'm, I'm pretty good about, you know, if I meet you and I kind of get a sense of how you are and your vibe, I, I try to do my best I can to make you feel comfortable and to, to make it feel like, you know, this is a safe environment to make mistakes and ask questions. And right, because that's obviously why they're there. They want to get better. And I always find myself, you know, when I'm training like my one-on-one -on -one clients and, you know, my, my ladies or anything like that, my energy is a lot more empathetic, you know, listening a lot more, you know, because most of them, right, they have their other things going on in their life. And, you know, sometimes like if you train people in person, 
can be sometimes like a therapy session. And so, you know, you're hearing their problems and what they're going through. And then I'll go into my training session with the kids and it's like, I got to elevate my energy. I got to kind of be a little bit more alpha, you know, that masculinity, that energy, I I really have to bring it to especially bring in and the buy-in to these athletes, to these high school kids, you know, because I mean, we all probably remember when we were in high school or you just even younger and you think, you know, everything. And so when you have a coach telling you what to do and Hey, this is the protocol for the program. It's like, okay, but do you kind of get me? Do you understand me? Do you connect with me? Can you take what I'm giving you and put together a program that's going to be best suited to get me to my results? And I found that, you know, just being a chameleon and, and changing almost my identity in a way to kind of match whoever I'm kind of in front of, I find that that person is able to give me more, more effort, which is going to obviously get them better results. And so that kind of just really struck me. But I am curious as far as like, you know, how you've been able to kind of like give your clients so much more that awareness, right? Because they're probably not even aware of, you know, their identity. You know, they're just, you know, very so much just consciously just living through life, not really thinking much, right? So their self-awareness is pretty low. So what are some questions or what are some things you kind of have them do as far as exercises to kind of build that self-awareness so that they're more aware of how their state is, how their energy is, and how they identify themselves, you know, as a father or a wife or, you know, as a business person or even just someone who is like getting into fitness. Mm, Love that. So what you said brought up two things for me and and also what you asked. And the first one I just want to share quickly was the topic of authenticity, being a chameleon and changing and adapting to people. And that's exactly what I do a lot. So I love how you shared that. And the question comes up now, are you authentic then? And that's a problem of our, especially the people maybe under, probably under 40, we're the generation that is all about individualism, becoming an individual. And the, the main theme, you know, is be authentic, be authentically yourself, you know, especially in new age spiritual circles. But what the fuck does that even mean? You know, and for a long time, I personally thought it means staying the same always, you know, with everyone you are. So the whole time I tried that, you know, and I talk like, I talk with you guys, you know, use words like motherfucker, whatever. And they come to my mom, (laughs) uh, my my grandma, you know, (laughs) for real. And uh, with little children, you know, my nephews. And I'm like, yo, motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) And and I'm trying to stay authentic, you know, and it doesn't work out, I tell you. So that comes back to the being fluent, you know, I think you are authentic by sticking to your values. And that rolls over into the question you ask. Now, we're asking the wrong questions when we, I mean, not we probably not, but most people ask the wrong question when it comes to our individuality and our soul path and who we are and how to find that out. We think of terms of materialism. So we look from the outside, we say, what kind of clothes are you wearing? What car do you drive? What job do you have? What do you do? How do you speak? You know, all these outer things. So it's all about doing, you know, doing what you're doing in your day and nothing is about being. So who you are should be about who you are being, you know, your being, not your doing. You're doing it. I mean, I can, I can do anything. I can dance ballet. That's, I'm still the same Nico. I'm still the same soul, you know. In order to bring that up in people, I think the most important is before we can go beyond self, we need to find a self. We need to actually build a self. And that's a big, big trouble with spiritual developments. We have all these children, really young, young men, young women that never found a true self, found their life purpose. And then they get into yoga and these spiritual disciplines. 
and start to meditate and or take shitload of psychedelics and blast their brains out and lose their self completely because they never found it. They can't transcend it that way. I think in terms of spirituality and awakening as transcending self, we go beyond self. So that gives the fluidity. But if we never had really an idea of self, we never had real values, we never really had our own purpose, how can we transcend that and then include that in our way of living? So how I do that is instead of asking them, what kind of car do you want to drive or what kind of clothes <laughs> do you want to wear or what do you want to do? I ask more about the, how do you want to feel? How is your state of being in that situation? And that relates much more to values. So what is important to you? What does feel important to you is one of the big questions in life. And you can twist that around. So if people listening want to ask that themselves, it's just in general, what does feel really important to you? Okay, lots of things come up. Now, the next question is this, what in the world, when you see it, makes you really angry? What gets you really pissed off? You know, when you watch the news, when you just look around you and what gets you angry? Where do you have kind of a protective sense of something? You know, you want to protect it or it makes you mad. Might be all the obese people in the world that don't know how to lose weight. It might be all the health challenges uh, in general. It might be the poverty you see in the news, children in Africa, hungry. It might be sports injuries. It might be all kinds of stuff, you know, that, that make you angry. But those are ways we can actually ask ourselves, hmm, what is really important to me? Now, I want to give a third question that I like to ask, and that is, what would you do if you had $100 billion in five years? So when you ask that question, what would you do if you had $100 billion? So money is no question. What most people answer is, I would buy this and this car. I would do parties. I would go travel. I would give my family money. All the bullshit everybody answers. It's all the same shit. Everybody would say that. And I would say, yeah, thank you. I know that. I would do the same. Cool. So what do you do in five years? You have that money. And what kicks in in that moment is space. So space relates to awareness. And space and awareness relate to what we in modern people call boredom. So getting bored is what happens once people meet, busy people meet with space, with empty space. And empty space is nothing else than awareness, really. And we are unable to just sit in empty space, to just sit in the emptiness and sit with the boredom. And that's why we even call it boredom and it's something negative. It has a negative connotation. But boredom shouldn't be negative. Boredom is the mother, really, of awareness and of the next step to grow and to find out who we really are. So in that process, what will happen is this. Suddenly, what jumps into your mind might be questions, actually. And that's what I call the big cues, the big questions that we have been guided by since we were born or since we were children, really. As little, little children, we have not even formulated questions of, but we see something and we move towards it because we feel attracted by it, by some kind of interest. This interest is the first big question that leads us on our path, on our hero's journey to wherever we are. So questions are what make ourselves fluid, not answers, questions. So to wrap it all up, I think the, the answer to your question is we have to find the questions clients are asking themselves instead of giving them answers. If we find the questions, we can help them how to go back on the journey of discovery, which is life. Life is all about that. That's what life is about. That's what health is. An inspiring life of discovery. Everything else is boring, lazy fucking shit. It's nothing. <laughs> You're just living someone's idea. You're just living... The idea of, oh yeah, I'm doing this, I am being this, I'm being that. 
but a life of discovery where we're constantly discovering new things about ourselves and asking questions and following that questions as our treasure chest, really. I think that's the way to go. And that's how we find our soul's purpose. Our soul asks questions and doesn't give answers. Yeah, I think, you know, kind of what you're saying, just how we see boredom as like a negative kind of that. Honestly, that was a paradigm shift, dude. I just want to say like, I was just like rock, like, holy shit, like boredom, right? That is the start of awareness, like that empty space where, you know, you're fidgeting and you feel like you should be doing something. So you just go and just do some random bullshit just to fill up time or so you're not thinking you're just doing. And it's like, I think nowadays it's the worst time to kind of sit in that silence and to be comfortable with it because think of our phones, right? I mean, it's constant simulation, like just constant dopamine hits when you get a, you know, the notification, oh, someone liked my photo, like boom, 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 right? So you're just getting all this dopamine in your brain and it's just like, yes, I want that. And it's so addictive, right? I don't know if you guys have seen that documentary on Netflix, The Social Dilemma. You guys see oh, that? Oh, yeah. I haven't, yeah. I haven't seen it yet. I, mean, I haven't yeah. touched on that yet. It's basically this guy that worked at Google and he was part of the team that created Gmail. And what they were basically doing with Google is, you know, they want you to be on their platform. They want you to use their services. And he was the only person that kind of was saying like, well, what if, you know, people don't want to be on their email? Like he was kind of like just questioning the engineers who were creating this, like, hey, this is going to be very addictive to people. And they were like... Yeah, like, and that's the whole point. Like, that's how we're going to make money. And so the whole documentary was kind of just more so just talking about social media and how addictive it is. And, you know, you really do lose a sense of awareness and that constant stimulation, right? You never have that period of space where you can really clearly think. And I think it's missing from everyone's daily practices, right? I mean, as soon as you wake up, what do you do, right? You check your phone and then, you know, you get ready for work and then, you know, you get your cup of coffee, right? And then, you know, you're out the door and then, you know, you're probably listening to music or whatever. And then you're probably just dreading the traffic and then like all these just negative and these stimulants, like you just never have that time to really think. And so I definitely been a firm believer that prioritizing that time in your day, whether it's 60 seconds or 10 minutes to just sit, breathe, you know, just really be present in the moment, you know, practice gratitude and, and just really acknowledge like where you're at in life. Even if you're not happy with it, at least you're here, at least you're alive. And, you know, things could be a lot worse for you, but just find gratitude in the things that you have already, appreciate those things. And if you want to actually, you know, be better and perform for life, it's like, okay, well, what are the steps I need to take, right? And then it's a matter of making a plan of action and executing on that. But yeah, man, dude, it's very insightful. Super paradigm chatting. I'm just like, it's just like, boom. Yeah, Nico, you just dropped some nukes, man. But it, you know, it's, it's funny. Like I was talking to Nico and Chris right before we started recording and Chris asked how vacation was. And I was explaining like, oh, you know, I have was having a hard time like relaxing and this and that. And it's like, I was having that anxiety of like, Oh, I have a lot of downtime. I should be doing something. I should, oh, 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 I, I gotta, I gotta text these clients or I go, oh, I gotta sit down and write these programs or, oh, I gotta market. I gotta bring in more money. And it's like, that's how my brain is constantly working all day. And it's like, I noticed that like, wow, even, even though I'm implementing these tools and these practices in my everyday life, there's still work to be done and there's still more shifts to be made. And that kind of goes into like the, what we were talking about, like being like water, being able to flow 
with like, oh, okay, cool. Now I'm on vacay. Okay, let me let go of this stuff. Let me just kind of be with what is right now. And yeah, there's a lot of downtime, but it's like, cool. You know, there was a couple moments where I just sat outside and just literally sat there, just stared at the trees and yeah, whatever. Man. <laughs> that's, that's, I mean, this is where, I guess, this is where performance for life comes into play, right? How do you, how do you perform for life, right? That's the question. And I think that's something that we're going to be answering throughout our lives as podcasters and our, and as, and our lives, you know, till it's time to transition. But I think one of the things that come up when I think about that is meditation. And I'll speak from my experience, my experience with myself. And as far as boredom goes, right, is there were a lot of things that I was afraid of my mind, right? A lot of things that I used to call dark things, right? That would come up like the past would come up a lot for me, right? Failures, all sorts of crazy stuff would jump into my mind. And so that's why I would try to keep myself busy when I'm doing things. Like if I'm on vacation, because I had that time where I'm kind of sitting alone with myself, right? The brain likes to play with the future and likes to play with the past, right? And so taking that time to meditate, right? To sit with yourself, to breathe, to actually watch those thoughts as they kind of flash by and to be able to sit with them in silence and watch them right, was the first step for me was to be able to watch, to be able to see, to take my hands off of my eyes and just see, and then finally interacting with those visions, with those thoughts. And this is, this is why I have a strong belief in meditation. I have a strong belief that if we can sit with ourselves, there's no such thing as boredom. I have my, the, the youngest of the youngest of my athletes, before we touch a barbell, before we do anything, you have to sit with me for three to five minutes and we are going to just breathe together. Mm, that's beautiful, man. And for them, right, the, the, you know, the first couple of times they're sitting in a room with me and, and they're breathing. They're like, uh, this is kind of weird. But <laughs> once they get flowing, man, they come back and they're like, dude, I had the best game of my life because I remember you just to tell me, telling me just to breathe. I was present. I was here. I wasn't thinking about the homework I missed. And, you know, because you missed that homework, you know, you got to do it. Right. And it's like, yeah, but I still scored the goal. Right. And it's so important to teach meditation as a coach so that mm. we give our athletes a chance to be present. Right. Mm. And, and even me as an adult, right. And throughout my alcoholism and all that, I got some dark some things that some things in my head boy <laughs> man that could put the the biggest man you can think to bed right but they're not that bad it's just an unskilled version of myself that didn't know better and then i have to go back to that person i have to to give that person a hug and i gotta say man i love you because if i don't i'm gonna be in a constant battle with that, with my past, with my future. And so boredom is becoming something that no longer exists. I love to be alone. I love to be by myself. I love to hear myself breathe because I know that that's important, mm -hmm. right? Even when we were in the womb, it was quiet. There was nothing going on. And so to be able to tap into that is, um, is huge. I think it's one of the red flags. So what I use in my, in my coaching is what I call the red flags of stress relief. Mm -hmm. And one of the red flags is if you are an, unable to just sit and enjoy a tea, or not even enjoy a tea, but just to sit and... Like right before this podcast, I was st 
staring out of the window and the, the sunset was crazy. Like the, the whole sky was a mixture of purple, pink and, and blue and was insane. And I was just, just standing there and just came to my mind, wow, you know, even, even a year ago, I, I couldn't enjoy this this much, you know, because I was still hustling. I was still mm-hmm. oftentimes in a mindset of hustling and rushing around. And even during my day sometimes where I, I, I just catch myself where I, I can't do that. So these are the small red flags where we can use, are you constantly rushing, you know? Can you actually just enjoy the moment? Can you enjoy a cup of tea and the intensity of it? Can you still feel the intensity of the taste of simple fucking peppermint tea? Mm-hmm. You know, because if you can't, your life is really screwed in my opinion. Because, uh, <laughs> yeah, because what will happen is you need to ramp up the intensity so much to actually feel alive. And that's what we have as a society, you know. I mean, just look at the freaking porn industry, you know, not to say all porn is bad, but just in general, like, look at the freaking porn that's out there. It's crazy, man. It's like you need to hit each other and all the crazy <laughs> stuff. Yeah. You, you know, just. Yeah, like, dude, you think it's, it's, I mean, just not even the porn industry, just look at, you know, like, I would just point out, like, the powerlifting community, yeah. Sports, right? In general, it's just like. Sure. Who's going to squat 1,200 pounds now Mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. It's just, we just want more. And it's just like, no, let's stop and let's just be with ourselves. But we can't because we have to see that guy squat 1,200 pounds. Mm, We have to. It's it's important. Yeah, (laughs) It's the ego. The ego drives that. Yeah, You know, I want to bring something up because I think this is this came up for me because we've talked about this on other episodes, Nico, is how working with clients who are just super fucking stressed and clients who think... Or a lot of people who think that, oh, if I just exercise and I eat good, then I'm going to be healthy. And what comes to mind, you know, we're talking about slowing down. We're talking about just being by ourselves and... and, and taking a break from that. And what comes to mind is, is something that Paul Check teaches, which is the four doctor system, which I did talk about on one episode, but Nico is definitely deeper, has gone deeper within the studies of Paul Check's work. And you know, I I I want to talk about that because the four doctors of Dr. Movement, Dr. Happy, Dr. Diet, and Dr. Quiet, most people only focus on Dr. Movement and Dr. Diet. But there's Dr. Quiet and there's Dr. Happy. So I would love to hear kind of your synopsis on, on those four doctors, because I think, you know, the way I explained it was, was good, but I think especially for the listeners and for even Chris Pat and myself, just understanding that more because integrating that with clients, I found to be so, so powerful because people don't even know what they want to do in their quiet time. They don't know what really makes them happy. What makes them happy is like you were saying earlier, it's like material things, but it's like, uh, what what really like what's the fun things that we like to do or what's the things that just takes us away from all that hustle and and bustle so so i think i have to give a little framework of my integrative work in general very shortly so just where to put them in so yeah. in general i work with four maps or i focus on three maps but there's four maps and the first map really is what the four doctors relate to and it's the basis it's the ground it's the earth from which everything grows. It's our lifestyle. So our lifestyle in general and our lifestyle choices and the way we are living, the way we're eating, the way our rhythms, the way we're moving, the way we're treating our body, the way we're treating our psyche with related to purpose and what we do with our life. All that is really the base upon which we build anything else. So upon that builds the second map, which would be the map of healing. So we can't heal anything without the ground. 
your sleep cycle is fucked up, you're just eating shit, you're not moving enough or moving the right way, and you come to me and tell me, hey, I want to heal my knee, but I don't want to do all the basic stuff. Yeah, you can take all the supplements, all the surgeries, all the pills, functional medicine, all the testing, all the therapies in the world. Therapies are useless if the ground is not not right, in my opinion, at least. So on top of the ground really comes healing. On top of that, the third level is performance. And we need to have see this hierarchy is really important because we need to, first of all, have a ground that lays the foundation, solid foundation of the four doctors I'll come to in order to heal. And then we need to heal, actually, injuries. We need to heal traumas. We need to heal stuff that's holding us back in order to perform, in order to flow, in order to get to new higher levels. Because if we don't, it will be either our past injuries, our um, illnesses, chronic illnesses, our psyche, trauma, some emotional issues, some things that will hold us back to perform to those levels that we're dreaming of. And then the last level would be more about spiritual awakening and actually transcending all of this worldly stuff and and finding ultimate happiness in the end. But I think I've I've focused on the first three. And the first one would be the four doctors. And what I have there, I, I took Paul's system and just said, okay, for all these four doctors, Dr. Quiet, Dr. Movement, Dr. Diet, and Dr. Happiness, for all these four doctors, there should be some general categories. I want to simplify it. You know, I don't want to say, okay, Dr. Quiet, you need to manage your stress. So I just say, so Jake, uh, go manage your stress, you know, do that. Yeah. How do you do that? What the fuck? It's just what you say, you know, people don't know how to do that. So what I thought about is, okay, what are the, these basic things, this basic human blueprint that we need? What's the ground of being a human, having a human body, human psyche? And I think... Related to Dr. Quiet, that would be, first of all, sleep, our sleep cycles, everything connected to sleep. So we need to make sure we have the right bad times to have the right rhythm, you know, be in rhythm with the world. Our whole hormonal system is in connection with the daylight, the sunlight, and the sun goes down. And it doesn't matter if you put on the lights in your room, the sun, the planet, actually, we're one with the universe. It's not the light itself, the light bulb, it's the sun that creates the sleep cycle. And the whole earth is sleeping, or not the whole one, but at least your country is sleeping. So you should be asleep at that time. Midnight should be midnight, middle of the night, and not something else. Now, I mean, what am I doing here today? <laughs> it's, it's 10.30, talking about <laughs> I'm, I'm having a podcast with you guys and <laughs> looking in, in front of a screen. So well, I don't normally do that, but what most people do is watch TV all night long until one o'clock in the morning, whatever, then just sleep five hours, get up in the morning and want to perform in their job, in their sport, whatever they want to do, or they party all night long. So we just fuck ourselves up. Then another part is nature exposure. Nature. We are used to be in nature. We need sunlight. I mean, just the word vitamin D is so so known now nowadays, but what do people think about when I say vitamin D? They think about freaking pills or injections. Mm-hmm. What the hell? Get out, get some sunshine. That's what we need. We don't need pills or injections. I don't say they don't have their use, but we need sunshine, daylight, really. And then work-rest balance. Jake, what you share with your holiday is like, am I so amped up from my work that I need three, four, five days to actually calm down? What does that really mean? You know, am I too amped up? And we all, all need to find our own balance. I mean, sometimes that's absolutely okay. Sometimes we need to go into that fire also as athletes. I mean, I remember having fights, you know, and eight weeks before, 12 weeks before you begin preparation, you know, sparring every day. Your freaking brain feels like a old apple, you know, with worms inside, just blah, like a pudding <laughs> in your head. 
<laughs> but you need to do that intensity to then go in a fight, perform, and then afterwards have maybe a week or two of rest and totally go down. But it needs to be in balance. So Dr. Quiet is all about finding balance. Balance with what you share, Chris, spiritual practice, meditations, for example. Meditation, just focusing on your breath, can be such a powerful antidote against our social media life and just the busyness of daily life. Life is constant. Here, there, multimedia, multitasking, everything at the same time, this overstimulation. Then you sit down. You just put your breath for a few minutes, maybe for 20 minutes, maybe longer. And that's such a powerful antidote. So Dr. Quiet is all about that, balancing our rhythms, balancing with nature. Dr. Diet, you guys probably talked a lot about that. We'll talk a lot about that as well. But I think Dr. Quiet, I make it very simple. Dr. Quiet is, we're humans. So we should eat what humans are used to eat. Now, this brings up a big thing, because what did humans eat? What should humans eat? And if you look into research on that, you will find every fucking opinion on the planet. Uh, and everyone has his research. Oh, my God. So what should I say about it now? What I say about it is do what works. You know, do what works. Find the, the thing that sounds the best, that really sounds logical to a listener, and then try it out. And if it works, it works. But be honest with yourself. Don't bullshit yourself. I have so many vegans uh, or carnivores, you know, coming to me saying, oh, what I do works, you know, I don't want to change my diet. I just want to <laughs> do this and this with you. And I'm like, yeah, you got pimples on your ass. Why are you revealing my secrets, Nico? <laughs> you got a bigger problem. <laughs> you know, your performance is shitty, you're injured, you're depressed, and you're coming to me and telling me your diet is working. It's likely it's not. So we have to be honest with ourselves. And in general, like I, I always say, my go-to is this. People call it paleo, people call it whatever. Just eat like hunter-gatherer, just eat real food. Nothing packaged is something that we've eaten for thousands of years. Nothing that does not go moldy is something we've eaten for a long time. So within that whole field of food, just eat real food, eat fresh food, eat food that gets moldy over time and eat some kind of balance in the macronutrients so you actually feel satiated after eating for a long enough time. And your weight is optimal, your performance is optimal, and just be fluid with it as well. You know, I have people, I need to eat, and I used to be like that, I need to eat, you know, like two pounds of meat every day because I'm a fighter, you know, I need to train, I need, need that. <laughs> yeah, fuck. But what do you do on rest days? What do you do if you have an injury? What do you do if you have a fight with your spouse or if you are on holiday? That doesn't change your diet. Every single thing changes your diet from meal to meal. Every single thing you do. I can now, this podcast here now, doing it at nearly 11 at night will change my diet tomorrow, for sure. Because first of all, I'm super pumped being here with you guys and talking, having this fun night. So whatever tomorrow will be, my hormonal system will look different than yesterday, for sure. My sleep rhythm is out of balance a little bit. So I need to adapt to that. So that might mean that I need maybe some more fruit, maybe some more carbs, maybe some more fat. So in the end, there is no fixed diet that we can go to that will make you happy and healthy forever. The same thing with an identity. It's always the same thing. The universe wants us to discover and not discover and then be finished with the discovery. But we are on the edge of evolution in every single topic that's existent. We are evolution. We are a God evolving. There's no higher thing. I mean, 
you could talk about that, but there is no really no higher thing than consciousness itself. And we are consciousness discovering itself in the world. And we need to be in this place where we actually say, okay, what's going on today? How do I feel? Do I have enough space, boredom to actually be with my body and feel what's going on and feel what I need and smell a fruit? How many people smell their food before they eat it? Nobody. How many people take the time to actually look at something and just feel if their body would like it? Most people wouldn't even know what I'm talking about. Feel what, what my body wants? What the fuck, you know? Or, <laughs> yeah. or feel Go the energy. My mouth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm, I'm telling you, grab an apple or grab an orange, just take it in your hand and just feel how your body feels holding the fruit. And your body is intelligent. All animals can do this. This is not spiritual. This is not woo. This is not esoteric. It's simply our, our biology. You can hold a fruit, you can smell it, and your body will give a response. And if you do that with real food, not Snickers bars or McDonald's, <laughs> but, but real food, the response will be usually correct. If you do that with chemical destroyed foods that were actually produced to make you feel that way, okay, then it doesn't work. So yeah. eat real food and then listen to your body. Talk the movement. I mean, what the hell? You're the guys for that. Holy shit. But in general, stretch, move your body in all directions. You know, every day our body needs to move in all directions. If you don't uh, use it, you'll lose it. That's the simple truth. I know too many people that probably for a few years haven't done a, a real rotation. They don't even know how to rotate the body anymore or how to bring their arms over the head. And then after a few years of not doing anything, they decide, oh, I want to go do some bodybuilding. And they go in the gym. They want to do overhead presses and they kill their freaking shoulder. Yeah, of course. Shoulder. <laughs> yeah, blow yeah, the shoulder. Or do bench pressing, you know, like what the hell? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you haven't moved in so long, then you try stuff like that. So move your body in all directions. Move your body in all intensities and in all variations of intensities. So power, can you jump, sprint, be explosive? Then strength, can you lift something heavy? But also there, we have all these addictions to one specific style of training. Bodybuilding is the best thing. You know, powerlifting is the best thing. No, uh, jujitsu is the best thing. You know, you need to do yoga is the best thing. Weightlifting is so bad for you. No qigong is all these addictions again to specific things. Yeah. We're human beings. We need to do everything. We need to be able to do everything. And we need to adapt and be fluid here as well. And then the last one, my favorite, Dr. Happiness. So Dr. Quiet, Dr. Diet, Dr. Movement are the three legs of a stool on which Dr. Happiness, your being, your soul really sits. And what Dr. Happiness relates to is your purpose, your life mission, your values, finding some life vision and your podcast. I love it that it's, it's performance for life, right? Mm -hmm. I love that name because I personally believe that performance is such an important part of actually living. And I believe that the most important aspect, I, I love to do performance coaching with athletes and people in general, also for jobs. And most of them look funny when I tell them that I believe the most important aspect of performance is not your diet. It's not some kind of weird breathing technique or whatever. It is having a clear mission of why you do what you're doing. Mm. If you want to step into a ring and fight someone, if you want to stand up at night, at night and stand up for a little child that's crying, you need to give him food and you need to get up five times at night. If you want to build a business, you go through all the challenges of that. If you want to go through rehab of a heart injury, if you want to go through a heart illness or cancer or whatever, 
if you don't have a why, you can't do it. There's no chance and you can perform. Now, with that comes the realization that life is fucking hard. I think we all know that life is hard. Life brings us hard challenges and pains. There's no life without pain. So how can you live without a life vision, without a mission? How can you live successfully? How can you be happy? You can't. It's impossible. We need purpose. It's in our biology. We need purpose and the purpose needs to be bigger than ourselves. Our values need to be bigger than ourselves. And that's what we're fighting for. And that's Dr. Happiness. Beautifully said. That was yeah. beautifully said. Damn. Just blew my underwear off and yeah. those pimples off my ass. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, so just real quick, I just want to say we got about 10 minutes left. So just in case, you know, there's anything that you guys wanted to talk to Nico about. And I want to be respectful of Nico's time and, and yeah. uh, I'll be back to dad duties in about 10 minutes. So yeah. Dude, yeah, that's beautifully said, uh, man. That, that spiritual portion is that the happiness portion is so important. It, the lifeblood is the ultimate, it's the ultimate self. I was listening to a historian talk, I think it was like yesterday or something, and it was around the Haitian revolution. And she was talking about spirituality and what what spirituality is and how it goes back to our ancestors, right? And how that energy, that ultimate self energy is made up of so many things, so many aspects of, of just life that the minute we start discovering, as you said, Nico, the minute we start diving into that, that's when we're really tapping into our spirituality and understanding our spirituality and really understanding that energy. And that, to me, is a key driver in my life and everything that I do, right? Because the physical form, that's going to go away. We're all going to transcend. We're all going to go. We're all going to (laughs) die at the end of the day. But our energy is what's going to be, it's going to go, it's going to go somewhere, right? So tapping into that ultimate self is, that makes me happy. And I try to teach those that I coach, right, how to tap into that. And I find it's funny kind of how this just came up while you were talking, Chris, is like it almost comes full circle to what we were talking about before. It's almost like Mm -hmm. when we don't have purpose, that's where distraction and doing Mm -hmm. and all these things come into play because it's like without purpose, it's like, what the hell are we doing here? You know, (laughs) we're here to just eat McDonald's and watch TV and and work, you know? I mean, maybe, maybe that is. I know that is for some people, but... At some point, their soul is going to come back and to have to hopefully relearn that lesson that, oh, wow, I'm actually here for more. Mm. So I, th- yeah, I think, no, go for it. I was just going to say, you know, and I think it reminds me and I'm pretty sure it reminds just all of us, like why we got into this business, you know, of helping people. We've all had our own triumphs and adversities that we've overcome. And, you know, like you said, ego, life's tough and, you know, life is going to keep throwing punches at us. And I think, the things that we do now to kind of just work on ourselves and not just in our fitness, but our mental health, you know, our spiritual health, emotional health, you know, how we look at challenges and problems and how we can change really the framework, right. Of, of how we see things and how your nutrition, your stress affects your happiness. And like you're saying, it's, it's all connected. And at the same token, right. You know, remembering why we kind of are doing what we do, and to help people and to really inspire them to make these changes for themselves. Cause it is hard, you know? And I mean, like you were saying, Nico, you looked at Elliot Hulse's videos, you know, while you're going through that process and 
he was almost like a mentor, a coach to you, you know, all the information and knowledge that he put out on his YouTube channel. I followed him too for a while as well. So, you know, I took some of the stuff like breathing into your balls and like all that kind of stuff too. So, you know, I think we all need a coach. We all need some, a mentor, you know, to, to help guide us through this process. And that's why I think it's so important for what we do now. I mean, you know, like I said, we got to teach people how to do this stuff and inspire them to really take the action, right? To, to actually get to that point where they feel fulfilled, they feel happy, they have a purpose, right? They have a mission every day when they wake up. This is what I'm working hard towards. This is who I'm doing it for, to, to be a better husband, a better wife, you know, a better son, and so on and so forth. So yeah, I just love this podcast and just being with you guys and meeting you, Nico, and you know, just... Yeah. It's, it's really gratifying to be able to connect with people like yourself and hear your story and share your wisdom of what you've learned in your life. And man, I just, I can't wait to see what the future has for you, man. Really, really mm-hmm. excited for you. Yeah, Nico, Thank man. You guys. Thanks yeah. for coming out, man. My love goes yeah. out to you and yours, but Yeah, yeah same. Back to and, all you guys. And, 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 oh, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I just want to share, you know, this, yeah, this session here today, this podcast, I think our dialogue represents to me what what happiness really is and to me at least and, and what meaning really is and how to find purpose and meaning in life because this is what feels the most meaningful and purposeful to me and it's these moments wherever you go beyond self you know you go beyond ego and where a community or the connection between people create something that goes beyond themselves we do those pod- this podcast not just for ourselves you know nobody's getting rich with this single episode nobody's you know getting 10 hoes coming over or, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got the hoes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, speak, damn, I'm speak for yourself. Uh, <laughs> I still love you, Courtney. <laughs> That's uh, amazing. But it's really, you know, <laughs> it's really, we're, we're going beyond ourselves. And, and I think this is what's really the most meaning we can find as human beings is to mm. go beyond ourselves, to do something that has nothing to do with our, us but everything to do how we relate to the world tribe, to the universe, really, and what we want to bring into the world to make it a better place. And honestly, it's not money, it's not cars, it's not women, it's not fame. All these things won't make the world a better place in general. But what will make the world a better place is love and communication and community. And this is what this podcast was for me today. So it's it's a beautiful representation what you guys are doing. So I'm thankful for getting me on. Beautiful representation what happiness is and what our world needs and you guys are embodying that so thank you so much oh, man I also wanted to just share real quick you know something that I experienced this whole podcast was just like so much love so much just like connection I feel like I was just like honestly a flow state or, or whatever it's called you know that's kind of it's very bastardized really mm-hmm. I think flow state but like I felt just love connection and I love doing this and I appreciate your work so much Nico I love you man I don't know if I'm speaking for myself but I think there's going to be a part two with Nico Becker on the performance oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. podcast <laughs> oh, yeah. we, we, got oh, a yeah. lot, we got a lot more to get into this was just scratching the surface but thank you man for taking your time today brother yeah thanks for sure thank you all awesome.